what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who this is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast bringing the best emerging rock and metal bands in the scene today to the best rock and metal fans out there. If you guys say, hey, I like this band now, and I got bragging rights. I knew them before you guys got into them. Ha, look at that. Yeah. Also bringing you the best bands in the scene as well to hear their stories and be like, I never knew that about them. That's so cool. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have a great one for you today. We're not even talking about to a band. We're talking to someone who is bringing more and more attention to local artists and emerging artists all across the world on his platform, Local Band Smokeout. We have BG here to talk all about everything when it comes to music, discovering bands, and what he does. But before we jump into that, I want to thank our support for this podcast and our sponsor, is Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know, I love going to concerts. I love moshing no matter what. And I got to say, mosh pit fit. So how do I say mosh pit fit? I have to continue to go to the gym a lot. I end up doing a lot of cardio. I lift a lot of weights. I am constantly working on myself for my fitness goals so I can get in those mosh pits. I can start from the opening band. I can go into the last band and I can constantly keep it up every step of the way. So that's what I call mosh pit fit. But I do need to make sure that I'm preparing right and recovering right so I can achieve those fitness goals because, come on, the last thing you want to do is like get like three or four songs into it and then just be like, tap it up, man. I don't want to go. And then your favorite song comes on from that band and you can't go crazy in the pit. You want to be like me. You want to be mosh pit fit. Got to prepare and recover right too after working out. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have many different products and supplements for you to help achieve your fitness goals and they have a couple of different ways you can do it. They have different pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I personally use their stim-free stuff because you guys know I have all this energy. I don't need any more caffeine. They also have different B-cell recovery com- uh, like compounds help you absorb nutrients post-workout, creatine help you build muscle, different types of protein, whey protein, collagen protein, plant-based protein. I use their chocolate malt whey because, well, yeah, it's protein, baby. Different multivitamins, literally. Anything you need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you or to achieve your goal of getting mosh pit fit. So if you want to take part in that, please do. Our listeners and viewers get 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNXFit.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now to our feature presentation with BG of Local Band Smokeout. Are you guys ready? (sighs) Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. If you want to find a fantastic place and a fantastic way to get to know even more of the best bands, not only in the rock metal scene, but anywhere around, there's a place where you can go every single week to enjoy some videos, enjoy some reactions, and get to know more about them thanks to this guy right here. He is the creator of Local Band Smokeout, and honestly, I can't wait to talk to him all about Local band smokeout and whatever else the music industry might come up with. So please welcome BG to the podcast. So BG, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. I appreciate you having me, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being on. How has everything been going in your world? Especially, you know, we're into 2023 already. More bands are coming out with more new music all the time, especially now that we're past that January point where it's kind of the lull. How has everything been going on your end? Uh, very good. Just busy, busy. I uh, I try to shoot at least six or seven YouTube videos every single day. Uh, as you mentioned uh, about discovering bands, I actually do a Twitch show f- uh, five times a week, three and a half to four hours a day to any genre show. So people just feed me new bands and artists from all over the globe all the time. And it's a great place to discover and uh, find new kick-ass bands. So six to seven YouTube videos a day and every single weekday, like a three to four hour streaming episode. Jesus Christ, how do you find the energy to do this stuff, man? I mean, I thought I had some crazy energy, but I might not even be close to what you got. (laughs) It's uh, well, it's not really work if you're having fun and I have a blast doing it. And the the live streams are completely different than the YouTube part. The YouTube part is like a for real. Never have heard this song before. I may have heard the artist, um, but usually I've never heard that particular song. But the Twitch show, which is twitch.tv slash local band smoke out, by the way, uh, is is kind of like a giant party the entire time. Like we spin a wheel. There's prizes. There's tortures. I eat weird stuff. Uh, but there's always a, a, a guest or a co-host with me so we can laugh, bounce back and forth off each other. And uh, there's a lot of smoking and drinking involved. So it's not so much work on that part. <laughs> Jeez, man, you're making it a full on entertainment complex because I remember when I first was starting to do like research on local man smoke so I can get ready for this episode. I end up watching a couple of those live streams. I was just sitting there thinking, 
I now understand why so many people could easily get into this because there's so much new music coming your way, but also just the banter that you and your co-hosts have back and forth, whoever your guest is at that they go back and forth just as an absolute blast. So I can understand completely where that would come through. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. It is, it is a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it's not work if you're having fun and uh, it's, it's all laughs and uh, a little bit of madness and craziness at the same time. I was a little disappointed I had to miss out on this one, but it was one I was really hoping to catch was when you had Benny from Avoid on the show because Benny is by far one of the funniest people I've ever met and had a chance to talk to in my entire life. Yeah, he. I remember when he joined, he was like, what's up, guys? Blah, blah, blah. Like He came right out of the gate with like just awesome energy. Uh, he was a lot of fun to to chat with. That was one that we'd actually been working on setting up for a while. The band wanted to do it, but it, sometimes you have to like jump management hurdles. And uh, we had to jump some hurdles with that one to finally get them to clear off on it. Because I guess uh, a lot of people are shied away from from the show because of the smoke out aspect of it, uh, which, to be honest with you, over the last like eight or nine years, I've it's still a very weed friendly show. But I've if you go back and watch like reaction one versus reaction forty eight hundred, it's kind of gotten away from the weed aspect. I know you can see all the leaves in the background <laughs> and stuff, but uh some people don't like that. So to have the ability to have some bigger artists that like uh, example, like uh, someone from Korea or somebody we had recently was a uh, rolling courts. It's very illegal over there. So we even though like they were on, I was told ahead of time, like I can't even mention anything about that because it's as it's very illegal in their country. So you kind of have to play by the rules sometimes and go around the norms, I guess you'd say, uh, for certain artists. See, I can understand that, too, just because you're dealing with different countries, you're dealing with different bands, you're dealing with different, you know, political systems at the exact same time as well. So you never know exactly what you're going to have to get into at that point, especially with, you know, the smoke out aspect being a major part of it. Even like you said, as it's dwindled down a little bit as time has gone on, it's still prominently featured. And there's still always going to be the stigma around it over the next at least, you know, probably 10, 20 years, especially even still here in America, where there's still going to be reservation about it from some people. However, especially when you're thinking about it from a creative sense or a musical aspect, using rock and metal as the example, how many bands talk about it? How many bands use it? I mean, it's all over the place to the point where it's just kind of commonplace now. It's like if it's like it's like on the same level as drinking, basically. Definitely. It, there's there's some bands that come on and want to get down and, and rip a joint, you know, spark up a blunt, whatever. But it's not for everyone. And I get that. So we just kind of cater to to the guests that day. And even like for someone like myself, because I mean, I've, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. So, of course, I'm going to be all down to drink beer and whatnot. We necessarily isn't my thing. But even watching some of the uh, episodes that I've watched, especially some of the Twitch streaming as well that aspect isn't overwhelming to someone who isn't as into it or is kind of more passive about it. So when you're able to watch that, you know, especially with the focus on music, the focus is entirely there where you're not missing out on any of it. Right. I, I agree with everything you said. So we, we kind of keep the, the focus being the music. That's just like a little bonus that occasionally happens. And when I leave it to the wheel for when that happens, so it's, I'm not just like ripping joints the entire time. It's because again, it's not for everyone. You said you're from Wisconsin. Are you a Packers fan? I'm not actually. Excellent, because I'm Vikings fan, and we would be off to a rough start right away. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You're a Vikings fan? I am a Vikings fan. How? uh, It's kind of an odd story, but I'm from Florida originally, and when I was young, uh, my dad was like, oh, you got to pick your teams when you're young. And I was I was always a big basketball player, so I was like, "Uh, Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson. I just picked Magic Johnson, so I'm a Laker fan. And I think the colors of the Lakers rubbed off on why I picked the Vikings, and I tell you, bro, it is hard being a Vikings fan. It is hard. I'm I'm smiling because I can agree with you 100% of the way. I've been a Vikings fan since I was three years old. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah, I have a Vikings tattoo. I don't know if you can see it right oh, there. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, so another year of disappointment, but N- another we'll get year eventually. Another year of disappointment, but we'll get on eventually. We'll, we'll get one eventually, especially like because I know Surly Brewing Company up there, they've got a beer that says one before I die. And I'm pretty sure they're going to brew that until the Vikings win a Super Bowl. So hopefully that's not going to be in production for too much longer. But it's it's the Vikings. We we we're expecting it for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that beer. I've never had that one. Yeah, it's uh, I used I used to go to Surly a couple times. I went to school up in Minnesota, so the the brewery was maybe maybe a mile away from University campus. So I'm like, okay, you know, we went there a couple of times, but I haven't really been up there since. So. I might have to, they haven't they didn't, I think they made it after the uh after the miracle game so I have to go check that out but yeah go check it out it's 
it's an interesting uh interesting microbrewery actually it's I've getting only, a lot larger i've only now. been to minnesota airport although i've seen the vikings live a bunch of times it was uh, just at other games like uh at uh charger stadium and a couple at the buck stadium when i used to live in florida but i've never actually been to the viking stadium in minnesota so that's a bucket list for me oh you have to i've been there twice once each during the first two seasons and it was like the place is just gigantic the first day game i went to they were playing the cowboys i sat down in my seat and my whole row was cowboys fans and everyone's trying to get on me i'm like guys i'm a vikings fan from wisconsin this is like home for me like you guys are making this too easy <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny but jump back in the music game, lo local band Smoke Out as well. One thing I'm curious is, how did you get the idea to do something like this? And how this all start, especially, you know, with you doing this eight to nine years long, like long, how did this whole entire thing come up in terms of the reaction stuff on YouTube, along with the Twitch streaming? How did this all come about? So go back eight or nine years ago. Um, I'm in a, a band called Hit em, And we're kind of like at the very end where we've decided we're probably about to decide it's not going to be much longer. We're all together. Um, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to I want to showcase my homies. And at the time, like reactions were like just starting on YouTube. And I was like, oh, I want to I want to I have an idea for a show. Local band smoke out. I was kind of involved in something called local band spotlight on on the station called X103.9 uh, back in the day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do like a spinoff of that. And my whole band at the time was like, this is the stupidest idea you've ever had. But I somehow convinced two of them to shoot a couple episodes with me in the beginning. Uh, we're just kind of blazing, getting stoned in a studio, listening to uh, some homie local bands. And uh, at the time, I refused to ever check out or do reactions to big bands. It was only small, small artists. And I did that for about 2000 episodes and didn't really have any love whatsoever on YouTube. I mean, I think I had like 4000 subs after 2000 videos. So it was like I was getting like no love at all. So I was, I was talking to somebody uh, and they were like, bro. You should have like 20,000 subs by now. What you need to do is you have to do a couple of big artist reactions because no one is looking for these small bands. But my job at the time, I thought, was to get people to find these small bands. So I eventually took his advice after about 2,000 something. And uh, literally within like a week, the numbers are, are flying. And he was like, don't steer away from what you started keep focusing on local talent but you'll get more eyes on those local talent if you do a couple of big bands uh as far as reactions go so i kind of juggle i don't know 50 50 right now as far as big bands and small bands to keep the numbers going up but also it rolls over to the the garage bands that need the love because now there's some people actually watching and subs and then regarding twitch we actually started on facebook uh, probably like two and a half years ago for the live streams. I didn't even do the live streams for a long time. But uh, after about 100 blocks on Facebook of just like shutting the stream down because of DMCA copyrights and all that stuff, everyone's like, you got to do this on Twitch. Twitch doesn't care anything about uh, like copyright stuff. They'll just they'll just mute it like later when the show's over. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what we need because we were tired of like the stream getting cut. And we would just start another one 10 seconds later. But you lose all your viewers and, you know, it just kind of start to stream over again. So I, I moved to Twitch and Twitch is like a lot harder to build because it's not like a share option. And, you know, it's a little bit trickier, but it's it's way more fun because it lets you get away with a lot. So shout out to Twitch. Shout out to Twitch on that one. <laughs> and I can understand that advice you got as well. And just the focus you want on the smaller bands, a lot more local bands, because these smaller bands, these local bands, these emerging bands, these are going to be the bands that are going to be those big bands in, in any music scene that you're in, whether it's hip hop, country, rap, rock, metal, blues, whatever it might be. Those are going to be the next big ones that you're going to want to go and see in concert. You're going to want to go see them live. They're going to be the ones that are going to be headlining in 20 years. So why not get a chance to get them in out and get them, get them some support so that they actually have that ability to do that. But that advice that you got as well, I think I just saw a video from uh, one of the reactors on YouTube, Tank the Tech, where he was talking about why he doesn't necessarily react to those smaller bands at all. And it's for the exact same reason. It's because the it's you, people are searching up this stuff and they're looking for the reactions for the, the bands that they know, the bands that, that are popping up, the bands that are in the zeitgeist of the cultural mindset. They're not necessarily searching for the smaller ones. But where you come in, having that 50-50 side of things is you're able to finally get, you know, the attention to those smaller bands for people to come in and convert on that. You're not getting, you know, you're not sitting at 2,000 videos again with, what was it, 4,000 subscribers or right. 400, like something like that. 
yeah, you're not sitting on that small base and you're able to continue to build that base while still keeping your vision intact of taking this large audience of people that actually want to listen to music and get into new music and lead them to it by having that discoverability from the big bands, but also then allowing them to discover all these smaller artists that are coming up. Exactly. I agree with that. And uh, another thing that we do differently is you'll notice that in mine, I'm, I'm actually like a really small in the corner person, I guess you'd say, during the video when every single other reactor is ginormous and the talent is this big. Uh, I, I've tossed around maybe converting to their style, but I think that the talent should be showcased. So that's why I full screen the talent and have myself because you could still see everything and hear all my reactions and my face and whatnot when I'm hearing the song. I don't necessarily need to be, you know, ginormous on the screen, which is something I kind of don't understand why everyone does the exact same thing. So to try and do something uh, different and, and I guess you say against the norm is why I, I go that route uh, when I shoot them. See, that, that makes a lot of sense, too, to me, because even if I'm thinking about it, if I'm watching reaction videos, whether it's from guys like Tank Tech or like Nick Nocturnal and they have the smaller video in the corner. If I'm watching that, like I'm primarily watching the video and I'm just waiting to hear what their reaction is in terms of the audio. But there's a couple of people. I know one of them was the guy from Tula Mafia where when he did the reaction for Popular Mouths by Falling Reverse, like the whole video was blowing up behind him. And even though he was much more prominent on the screen, you could still watch the whole entire video and get that mixture in there. No one else was doing anything like that. But when I saw your reactions, it's you had the full video in there and then you were in the corner so you could get the full video experience, the full experience of the music, full experience of the artist and still have the reaction from you in there as well. It wasn't like the, you weren't the, you weren't the focal point. It's the bands are still the focal point. The artists are still the focal point of the reaction. Right. I, I feel like it should be that way. I mean, I've probably heard a hundred people tell me you've got to switch it to the other way because it is a reaction video. We want to see your reaction. And I don't understand why you can't see it when I'm that small. But uh, I've debated that when I hit 5,000, I might swap over. We'll see. But at the same time, I kind of like the fact that ours are a little different than everybody else's. So it's just we'll, something we'll test down the road. One thing you could also test too is by keeping, especially for the smaller emerging bands, keep that smaller size for you so that the band is still primarily the focus. But on the larger band side of things, the ones that are, you know, bringing in the newer audience because they're you're getting the searches, you know, getting the clicks, everything like that, then maybe switch it up for them specifically because people are already going to, if they're watching those reactions, they know the songs, they know the videos, but they might be more into your reaction to try and see that instead of the smaller bands where they want to focus in on what the band is themselves and just hear what your reaction is and, you know, glance over the little corner and see what's BG thinking about this right now. That's actually a really good idea. I might, I might roll with that as far as the one, two punch. <laughs> if you roll with it, please, please, please do. And just, I, I hope it works out for the best because the more we can get eyes on, you know, the emerging of the local bands and help people succeed in, in, in music because music is absolutely fantastic. The better. Hell yeah. I agree. Definitely. Ap Absolutely. So when you guys started the Twitch streams, though, was especially the streaming side of things with Twitch, because I have seen that as well, where, you know, again, the primary like the band is still primarily primary the uh, whatever you guys are talking about, but also all the crazy stuff you do in there, like actually making the full on show instead of just or like basically like a reaction stream. How did you guys come up with these ideas to make it a full on show? Uh, just trying different stuff out uh i i've seen a couple of people before have like the wheel concept and i i like to give away a lot of free stuff so we always have like a prize on there it's like an incentive of why donating or getting the trivia correct is uh keeps you keeps you watching so there's an incentive to winning something but at the same time for the donation wheel uh if you donate and you don't necessarily win something it kind of is like a wow wow was that worth five dollars and to me it is if if I get tortured. So we have all these hot sauces that that will do. Or uh, the other day I had Oreo sour cream, which, by the way, is delicious, believe it or not. Um, so it's just like weird food combinations. So you're still entertained and you're like, well, damn, even though I didn't win a prize, like I, I'd love to still torture BG. So that's kind of like just something that we came up with. And uh, I mean, they get wild. I've eaten like scorpions and just all kinds of weird. Like I, the other day I had a wasabi Twinkie. Um, just stuff that's entertaining, but it's still tortures, but uh, is worth the incentive of of supporting the show and, and donating five dollars or whatever. And then a lot of times, like I said, it'll land on a hat or a T-shirt, which costs us twenty dollars to send out. But it totally balances out and it's worth it um, just because, you know, it's just it's just cool receiving badass mail and, and winning a prize. I think I don't there's not a lot of channels that consistently give away 
free stuff on a regular basis. So I feel like that kind of uh, has to stand out a little bit. Oh, it absolutely is going to because even think about it. Say you're watching something like, you know, we were you know, like watching your favorite TV show, playing your favorite video game. And all of a sudden, you know, you had a chance to win something every single day and you would win win that. And then maybe like a couple days later, it arrives in the mail. If you're younger or any point, how psyched are you at that point to see that package come in the mail? You're like a little kid on Christmas. It's just like, yeah. And now there's Real. this emotional attachment of positivity between what you had received. Like, you know, the fact that you won this prize, but also between whatever you're watching at that point, whatever you're playing at that point. So there's that emotional connection that's going to be positive between people that are on the stream and you guys as well. So people are going to end up wanting to support you even more. People are going to want to talk about it even more. And when they bring it up to their friends or bring it up to their family, anyone that they want to you know, support with, they're going to bring it up in a positive light where it's like, oh, shoot, maybe I should try out this local band Smokeout stuff. Let, let, me, let me try out and like see what one of their streams is like. Let me watch some of their uh, YouTube videos. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, and I still get uh, occasionally sent stuff from uh, bands I do reactions where they'll send me like a care package in the mail and I never know what to expect. And it's all the time gets like cool surprises. And I, like you said, it's like a kid at Christmas time. Like, yeah, this band from uh, San Diego just sent me this cool care package. And there's usually like something funny in there that are random. Uh, sometimes people send me I've sent me like Mad Libs, weird food stuff they want me to use on the show. Somebody from Australia sent me Vegemite which is not that delicious. I don't know if you've ever had it before. I have not. <laughs> it's it's like spreadable salt. It's, it's the best I can describe it. It's like you put, you're supposed to put butter and Vegemite on a sandwich, but I don't know. It's it's extremely salty. But uh, that means, maybe though it's not for me, it might be for somebody else, but it made for good entertainment just to you know combine it with some other food items. So that was a cool one. Um, oh, I'm yeah. thinking like, ugh, like, I, I'm not from Australia, so I don't know exactly. Because every time I hear Vegemite, I always hear Australian people rave about it and love it, but I've never heard anyone else talk positive about it. So it might be just like a very, very specific, like geographical, cultural thing around. Vegemite. Like it is. I feel like it could be. So out of all the crazy, like, you know, potential like punishments you've had from that wheel, what is the one that stands on your mind is like, this was the craziest one I ever had to endure? Crazy was the one chip challenge, the the blue one chip challenge, which was a nightmare. It was my second time doing it, but the blue one was different than the original one. For some reason, it's like a hundred times worse. I went into that on like an empty stomach, and I completely like puked while live. So that one was a nightmare. I had to like crawl back to the that I was like, this stream's over, and like crawl back from the from the restroom. That one sucked. One that I leave on there all the time is my least favorite food is pickles. I, I love pickled things like uh, chili peppers or anything like that. But actual pickles is just that one food item I can't stand. But we always leave it on the wheel just for entertainment reasons. So just bite a pickle is like a nightmare to me. It, it, just the taste of it. That's no good. It's no fun. Oh man, I'm gonna wanna I gotta join more of these streams so we can get that wheel spin. I can just start chaining pickle, pickle, pickle. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or just all of a sudden, you know, it's gonna be on there. What are we getting videos of? It's just gonna be pickle Rick the whole entire time and just oh no, oh no, oh no, not again. Yeah. Speaking of that, you hear about all the, the Rick and Morty drama going on? I did. I'm not I don't watch it much Rick and Morty. My brother's a huge, huge fan of it. So when I saw it pop up, I thought, oh dear God, what's my brother gonna say about this now? <laughs> Yeah, I guess one of the founders is in like big trouble. So they they uh they booted him. One of the one of the main voices. I would be curious about that because he's the guy that voices both Rick and Morty, and I think it was the main creative writer behind the whole entire thing. So like for season seven, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think they had primary like most of the stuff written out for it. But then what are the voices gonna be like? What's the take gonna be like? And then I they're probably gonna have at least two more seasons because you know Rick needs nine seasons to get his Szechuan sauce, so what are they gonna do for the last two is it gonna be somewhere just because of that massive change because even though that creative force is not there are they gonna end up faltering are they gonna end up picking it up who knows i mean history has not been kind to stuff like that but we have seen stuff potentially work out in the past so i'm hoping for the best but at the same time kind of expecting the worst i guess we'll see time will tell it's it's definitely hard to replace like you said like pretty much the guy that does like 70 percent of the whole show but uh we'll see yeah, well, even think about like from from a musical standpoint as well, when you have a frontman or a lead singer who is such a prominent force behind that sound, it's really and they end up le having to leave for one reason or another. It's very, very, very hard to replace that and continue the success and or continue the legacy on. There's a couple of bands that have pulled it out, especially like thinking about, you know, 
from the rock and metal side of things, like ACDC was able to pull it off. Van Halen was able to pull it off. Motley Crue was not able to pull it off. But so it's like, there's a, but there's a lot more examples of it not working out than there are of it working out. So especially anything when it comes to media entertainment, it kind of falls under that same guide. Yeah, totally. Uh, Lorna Shore is like a good example of oh, they're yeah. on the third vocalist and they're probably bigger now than they've ever been. Oh, so it, God, it, yeah. It works well, sometimes. It, it doesn't work all times, but you do have the outliers where it does work. And yeah, for the, for, for modern audiences, Lorna Shore is the absolute prime example with Will Ramos in there now. Yeah, they're fantastic. I, I've not had the opportunity to talk to them, but it's on my list. I feel like you'll get that opportunity, especially with how intensely crazy they are. I've, I've wanted to talk to Will, too, or anybody from Lorna Shore, and I haven't had that opportunity yet. Still hoping, though. Still hoping. Me, too. So with, with all the musicians and all the musical guests you've had and able, been able to connect with, who are some of your favorites you've ever been able to not only react to, but also to have alongside you on Local Band Smokeout? Uh I would say Spencer Chamberlain of Under Oath was a big one. Under Oath is like a massive influence to me. Um, so when we had him on, I was really surprised at how much he opened up about his past addictions. Um, he's very, very forward about how he struggled in the past. Um, so we got to talk a lot about stuff that like you have your pen and paper ready with with questions. And then it completely goes a different direction. And I just threw the the notepad out the window that day and just... We kind of just deep dive that. Of course, we talked about the new album tour coming up, blah, blah, blah at the time. Um, but yeah, that one was was unique just because I I thought, wow, you, you've waited like years to talk to one of your heroes. And I don't think I got but like two or three questions I had written down out because it just went a completely different direction. Um, one, uh, a smaller band that was was really fun was uh, this guy named Frost is Rad out of New York. Really, really cool dude. He combines like emo and hip hop together. Um, with like a little bit of like a pop punk feel, but he had seen the show and a lot of the guests we have on have never, ever seen what I do. So they don't really know what to expect. Um, and he had seen it before. And he brought like a full bottle of liquor and he was like, I want to take a shot with you. Every time I take a shot, you have to take a shot at the same time. And we probably did like nine during, during like a 25 minute interview. So I was just tore up by the end of it. That one also caught me off guard. Another one that stands out was fun was when we had a uh, Kellen Quinn on him and, and Justin were, literally at like their management's office and they like ran outside to do like a 15 minute interview. But that was one that, of those ones where I thought you, it's going to be quite hard to get Kellen on. Cause at the time he was doing no cover and uh, their album was just about to come out. They were having like practices for their tour. So he was completely swamped with features and all kinds of stuff. And he was just really down to earth. And uh, he had told me ahead of time, you know, I totally don't smoke, but Justin, my band does. So can, can he please join? And I was like, of course, what? I'm not going to say no to that. But uh, that one, that one was fun. And uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin Lyman of the Warp Tour was really cool. He's the creator and founder of the Warp Tour. He had just like really badass advice for because uh, you could imagine at the, even though Warp Tour doesn't go on anymore when it was, he probably got hit up by 40 bands a day trying to get on the next Warp Tour. And he talked about like what he looks for an artist, what he believes they need to do while on the Warp Tour to be successful and stand out. So he had really cool advice. And I, I love hearing people just just, you know, that have that are established or made it be like, this is the mistake I made. Don't make this mistake. Or uh, when picking management, make sure you ask these questions. So it's just cool to hear different people's perspectives of what works and doesn't work for them in particular. Now, I really want to go back and I want to watch that interview you did with Kevin, of like just because that whole entire idea about, you know, seeing his perspective on things, especially with how big and how prominent Warped Tour was and how it's still such a positive thing, especially in the rock and metal scene in, in terms of people still talk about it. I mean, you talk about like, you know, all these different festivals. I still hear people talk about, can we get something like Warped Tour to come back? Can we get something like that again? I constantly hearing people still talk about their stories from Warped Tour, whether it's we, we were on it at this time and this is what happened or we snuck on a warp tour for like 10, 10 days and we somehow still got to play for 10 straight days. So they're like, you guys played one day and the fans liked you. So keep coming back and just keep having a good time with it. So I, I want to go back and check that one out. And even from your perspective as well, you're learning a lot more from these people and being able to take that opportunity to create, you know, positive connections, not only for, you know, bands that might people might not know, but bands that people do know. From your questions with Spencer Chamberlain, him opening up about his addiction, 
it's just something that people are going to be able to go to and not only get more into local band smoke out as well to see, oh my God, I can't believe I get this type of content from you guys, but they can connect more with some of their favorite bands, especially Under Oath and everything they've gone through because now you get a little bit more of that inside feel to it. You get that more emotional attachment. You're like, oh my God, I see where this song might have come or I see where this song might have come from. It just creates such a positive outlook on it that's really hard to get past. Yeah, and I, and I love doing them live. Like we we constantly ask, uh, can you do them on uh you know at a certain time or on a weekend day? And and I choose not to do that because we we take a lot of fan questions and uh, it's just more interactive if they have an opportunity to finally ask like a Kellen Quinn a question that normally he may never see or have you. So I try to take like one or two fan questions uh in interview, and that's why we do them completely live, just because if something goes wrong, it goes wrong in front of you. Or if something goes right, then, you know, it goes right in front of you guys. Uh, so it's completely just raw and real right then and there. So I'll give it that fresh aspect. One thing I do want to specifically ask you before, you know, we end up wrapping this up. Actually, maybe more like two things. First thing is, because you talked about, you know, we're talking with Kevin from Warp Tour and seeing all the, you know, the things that he had been thinking about, all the advice that he had, especially when it comes to your position, working with so many artists and being able to react to and bring so many new artists to light for people. What are some things that you see that are currently going in the music industry or some current trends that, you know, maybe newer bands can take on and say, okay, maybe I can add this piece to my sound or maybe I can take this advice and do this in order to continue to grow my notoriety while also still keeping what is my core sound at the core of my music? Well, I noticed that I could tell right away what bands work harder than others because uh you you i see who's promoting the fact that they're on or or um i could tell by their their social media games and uh one thing i i'm struggling at is tiktok i just don't really get it but i'm trying i'm trying to work on my tiktok game but uh i've had people come on and say that you know they've done facebook instagram twitter nonstop for three years and in three months, just by doing TikTok videos every day of their own music, they have 50,000 followers and it and it carries over to all their other social media networks. So I would say as much as you may or may not want to be active on every social media possible and um, just some don't necessarily release music when it's not ready. Some pe some people find like, oh, I got to stay relevant, putting out a single every couple of weeks, every month, whatever. If you have six impactful songs that drop at all, that's that's all you release the whole year versus 12 not very impactful songs. I feel like the longevity will be it'll pay, be more beneficial to that band. Um, so focus on giving the best product you can. And uh, a lot of bands we have on the show don't have the best recording. So I always uh, try to give them advice where I know it's expensive just pay the thousand dollars and get one badass recording out of it from a legit producer. It'll it'll do wonders versus all your other tracks that kind of have like a demo-y feel and vibe. And those might be fantastic songs, but it just doesn't compete sound wise with everyone else that is paying for those recordings. So it's worth it to at least attempt it once or twice and see if it works in your favor or not. Um, so focus on so songwriting. Um, good recordings, and then you can't just put a song or a single out and just hope that it blows up. You have to be promoting it. That's where all the social media games come in. And I almost feel like at that point, oversaturate us. There's Even if you're posting two or three times a day about it, I might miss all three of those posts, but because you did it two or three days in a row, I might catch the third one and be like, wow, how did I miss this? Let me check it out, blah, blah, blah. So just keep, keep uh, going at it and... Uh, just getting the word of mouth out there. And that applies to like everyone in the band. Don't have one person in the band that primarily is like in charge of that. Maybe for the band page, yes. But from your individual personal pages, still have everyone band promoting as much as they can. And uh, it tends to work as far as the numbers go. Or even from the band page as well, because if say you got four members in the band, you know, if someone might be really good at it, but you'd also don't want to have them burn out on it to the point where, especially from an emerging band, you're probably, you're, you know, you want to be making your music, you want to be practicing, you want to be playing live, and you're probably also having to work a full-time job too because, you know, you're not making enough money at, at that point. You don't want to have to put somebody in that position if they if it's, if it's they don't want to be in that position to just solely be responsible for the band page because that could lead to some sort of burnout, that could lead to some sort of mental strain. 
and that can just add on to some of the stress of being in a band already that can cause some problems down the road. If there's one person that is unequivocally wanting to do it, absolutely makes sense. But in order to keep keep up that, you know, kind of keep the content or keep just the relevancy of the band and the page flowing, maybe if especially if you're able to have everybody work on it as well, it just is going to make it a lot easier, a lot more equitable between band members. And you're not going to be missing out on the time of, yeah, you might be posting two, three times a day. But just like you said, BG, I might not hit the first to the first day, but by the third day, I might see and I might be interested in it and check it out. Yeah, share the wealth, share the wealth, let 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 your other members get involved. But if one person, like you said, is is uh, completely dedicated and and you're noticing impact from his post, uh, great, keep rolling with it. Absolutely. One more thing before we go, though. So you've had a lot of great interviews because I've even taken a look at some of them. Like I've had a lot of these on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm taking a look. Oh, you interviewed Zana before. I'm like, oh, she was fucking awesome to have on the podcast. You've interviewed guys from Rain City Drive, The Ladies of Conquer Divide um october and saving vice outline and color hollow front i'm like oh my god i love all these bands so when it comes down to it when it comes to having bands and artists on local band smoke out if you had like a wish list of either maybe their your most like the one you want the most all time three five people however many what I've are some it. of those artists and bands you've always wanted to have on that you wish you could have on not that you wish you could have them on yet but that you will have on at some point that's like i'll the, give oh you four in order all right let's do it and believe it or not, this first one I'm going to say, everyone laughs. Everyone in my family laughs. They're like, they'd never, ever get him on. Paul McCartney is my holy grail. Now, I've actually contacted his management. I've never heard back. Email, tweeting, DMing, everything. But I believe someday it, it will happen. That would be, I don't even know what I would do. I, I would probably pay, pay, promote the fact that he's on, like as far as like Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Uh, that one is my holy grail. It's hopefully someday. Uh, number two is uh, Spencer Satello of Periphery. Uh, I cannot get him to read a message, anything. I've had people that know the band try and work on it. It's it's extreme. And they have an album coming out. So I feel like mm -hmm. now's the time when he would be interested in doing it. Uh, so that, that would be number two. Number three would be Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park. Um, I'd love to not only discuss Chester and and... Lincoln Park's legacy. I forever don't understand why there wasn't a reanimation too. Uh, so that's like one of the questions that I, I want to ask and why there, that never came out. And uh, the fourth one would be Jason Butler of formerly of Let Live, but now of Fever 333, just because he's he's just absolutely crazy and probably the most entertaining live frontman I've ever seen. And I just want to ask him about his injuries over the years and his songwriting style and how he maintains his crazy voice that he has um so those are those are probably my four in order right there oh my god i'm even thinking about that too i mean j just gonna go from bottom to top now jason al butler yeah absolute maniac when it comes to stage performance the one time i got to see him of course they came out in like the like in the jumpsuit kind of stuff by the time the show was over he was in just in like neon green underwear and that was it just still rolling around on stage basically made Slipknot's live show look like that they should, they need a little more energy to compete. Yeah, so that'd crazy. be nuts. And then you'd be able to pick Mike Shinoda's brain from your standpoint as well. Oh my God. How many people would just get into that? But not only that, just your, your mindset around there would be just flowing through it. I mean, you can see the passion there. Periphery. I, I've tried, I'm trying to get him on too because of the album. So I, I feel your pain on this one. I feel your pain. It's, Definitely not easy, but Paul McCartney, I mean, that's, that is a huge, huge goal to undertake to try and get him on the, on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the, on the show, but take a look at everything you've already done so far. I mean, it, it could only be a matter of time. You've had Spencer Chamberlain on at some point. You've had Kevin Lemon from Warp Tour on. I mean, it just is continuing to grow, to grow to the point where you never know. It could easily happen out of nowhere. You might get to a point where all of a sudden enough you know social media campaign gets behind it enough attention gets put behind it and the wheels just keep turning to the point where their management and paul mccurney himself can no longer ignore it i mean i sure hope so i feel like it'd be it'd be fascinating to to hear how the music like from his perspective how the music industry has changed so much from when he was playing dive bars and the beatles got signed versus how he thinks a band should go about trying to get a label's attention now and how social media has completely changed everything, how uh, 
the Beatles used to get stoned every day all the time. So it would work into the smoking aspect. I'm sure he doesn't partake in that anymore. But uh, I, I think he'd be open to talking about cannabis a little bit. Uh, so just a lot of different angles. And plus, it's Sir Paul McCartney. Like, it's the, it's the god right there. That would be that'd be the one where all of a sudden, yeah, you know, you said paid promotion on it. The point where you would just start that stream up, have Paul McCartney on there, and just start to see all the questions come in, all the views come in, all the attention come in. And be next, overwhelming. You know, local band smoke out may end up breaking Twitch. You never know. Especially if all of a sudden everyone just like, oh my God, we have to listen to what Paul McCartney has to say about this shit. Wait, he's yeah, talking about Marcus. he's talking about the Beatles. He's talking about cannabis. He's talking about what he thinks bands should do today from his perspective. How do we, it's a must how do we watch? It's a must watch. Oh, it, it would definitely be a must watch, and I hope you do get it at some point. Hopefully, in the next year or two as well. Because when he, I heard, you know, maybe some family and friends laugh at that one. I'm, I was thinking, I hope it's as big as I think it's gonna be. And when you said Paul McCartney, I'm like, this is bigger than I thought it was gonna be. Holy who did you think? Shit. Who did you think I was gonna say? I was, I honestly, my first thought was who you uh, came up with third, Mike Shinoda. I thought you were going to say Shinoda. I'm like, now that, I don't know why people would be laughing about that, but that is just gigantic to the point where, especially since Chester's passing, Linkin Park hasn't really been active, but their influence is still all over the music world. So it would make a lot of sense to be able to like, potentially, you know, get him on, but people would be like, oh, I'm not sure if you'll be able to. Paul McCartney just took it to a whole different level. <laughs> new stratosphere right there yeah and shona doesn't really do a lot of interviews since chester's passing like i i can only think of like one or two and i don't even think there were video they were just like uh like a magazine style mm -hmm. interview but uh i feel like now more than ever we need that reanimation too there's still were you familiar with the first one yeah where they you know took all the the vocal stems and kind of just like rearranged all the original tracks all the features i feel like that could totally be done now and it's te would technically be a new Linkin Park album. I don't know. I feel like that they may have something in the works. Uh, I have. I've never told anybody this. I have a, a couple connections at the Whiskey A Go Go. And about a year and a half ago, somebody hit me up and they were like, Linkin Park is here filming something. And they were it was like exclusivity. They had to sign stuff to even be in the in the these are people that work there. And uh, to this day, I have no idea what that was. I don't think they've released whatever they were filming there, but they're they're working on something. I'm gonna be curious to see what happens. I think I just saw something too where it was like there's something weird going on with Lincoln Park's website, so and like just some weird like uh, like access denied countdown thing that was going on there. So maybe maybe that's coming out now. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I hope so. I'm excited. I hope so. Well, BG, as we bring this podcast inclusion, one thing I always like to do is give my guests, which is you and this cha uh, chance to give a chance for you to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever I promote at the end of the podcast. So BG, the floor is yours. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm at local band smoke out on just about anything. Twitter is uh, local band BG. Twitch is twitch.tv slash local band smoke out. I'm there five times a week, three and a half to four hours a day. Monday through Friday, 3.50 to 7.20 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we always have guest prizes, trivia, punishments. We take requests, any genre, just stop in, drop a request in the queue, and we'll spin it. And that's kind of how we discover half the new artists we do is because of you guys stopping by and uh, being like, you have to hear this. You got to hear this, BG. This one's crazy. You'll never expect this combination of artists together. Um, and then regarding the YouTube reactions, which is just search local band smoke on YouTube, it should pop right up. Uh, those are kind of just complete random. I just pick stuff uh, the night before, make all the thumbnails, drop them the next day. And it's just like a cycle of of never, never stopping, always, always hustling, always working. And uh, there is a Canadian version, an Australian version of the show. If you know somebody that lives or you yourself live in Canada or Australia, just put local band smoke out Canada, local band smoke out Australia. And um, those are way more focused on local talent to their scene as opposed to my show, which is a little bit more global, um, but still really, really cool dudes. We'd like to eventually do a UK version. So if you're watching and you know anybody that lives in any part of the United Kingdom, please message me um, so we can get that set up. And we'll we'll try to guide you as far as how to monetize uh, your subsidiary of the show. But uh, other than that, this is an absolute blast, man. I'm ready for some football today, even though our team's not in it. I'm uh, my if I was betting, man, I'm betting Chiefs uh, versus 49ers in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs being victorious. 
Well, when the episode comes out, we'll see how how well we did because I'm betting uh, Bengals <laughs> 49ers on this one. I, I think with Mahomes with the ankle injury from the week beforehand, I think it's, and with the way the Bengals handled Buffalo, I feel like they're just that chip on their shoulder and they're just going to end up coming through and pulling off pulling it off again like they did the previous year. I believe Burroughs never lost to Mahomes yet in his career, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how well this ages, especially by, because <laughs> after we're done recording this, within the next like eight to nine hours, we will know. But now it's time for you to send this po- for now. Uh, excuse me. Now it's time for you to this podcast with three things. So first things first. When it comes to local band smokeout, when it comes to connecting them online in terms of fama on all the social media platforms, when it comes to being able to watch those Twitch streams every single weeknight, and when it comes to being able to watch all those YouTube videos, you're gonna be able to search them up everything like BG just said. Or what you can do is go to the description of the podcast where it says find local band smoke it online. There'll be links for everything and labels. So if you just click the link and go there, I'm doing all the heavy lifting for you. All you got to do is click and take it from there. Now it's time for number two, BG. So another guest in the podcast I enjoy having on, I tend to make a certain promise him as a way for me to say, when it's a band, it's like, you know, thank you for me on the show. And also I wish to continue to support the band any way I can. This, this is local band Smokeout. So I wish to support the show in any way I can. Everyone I've ever had in the podcast has hit on this promise and you have hit on it as well, but I got to modify it a little bit. So my promise is when, and it's when I get to meet you in person the first time, whether it's at a show or somewhere else out there, I don't know what it is. I got One. it. I got it. Uh, yeah. Ghost Kill Entertainment, I believe, lives in Minnesota, and I'm trying to visit them sometime this year for for business reasons. So I'll probably attend a game, but I will most I will 100% hit you up so we can have a beer or two and just chit chat in person. So I will yeah. make sure I promise will be kept. Promise will be kept. And this is where the promise comes in there. If you pull up and you're like, hey, I'm going to be up in Minnesota. You want to come up? I still got friends up there. So I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'll come up. And this is where the promise comes in. Have a couple of drinks. First round's on me. I love that. Hell yeah. Perfect. You said you're in Wisconsin though, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to just drive over a little bit and we'll I'll, we'll hold you to that round of drinks. Oh, perfect. Yeah, please hold me to it. And then on that note, I cannot end this podcast by saying goodbye. That is way too final. Plus, I made a promise to you. And in the future, maybe sometime you know, later this year, early next year, I'd love to have you back on the podcast so we can see how well Local Band Smokeout has done in 2023. And if you've gotten Mike Shinoda or Sir Paul McCartney on the show yet. I would love to do a follow-up, so I agree to that as well. Hell Hell yeah. So, BG, this is not goodbye. This is, I'll see you later. I'll see you soon. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with BG from Local Band Smokeout, and now it's time to come to the segment I like to call Kevin's Final Thoughts. So, I've been reflecting on this episode a little bit right after the recording of it, and one thing I've thought about this is, Taking a look at what BG is doing, his vision and his mindset and his goal of getting more attention on local emerging bands or artists in the music world. It's not just pertaining to rock and metal, which of course is something that we love. He also goes into many different other artists as well on his Twitch live streams and of course on his YouTube reaction videos. But the one thing that he said was that really got me interested was starting out, you know, from his starting point, you know, he'd been working on this for a couple of years. He'd done 2,000 reaction videos and was not getting nearly the amount of support that he probably deserved to have gotten at that point because he, people weren't looking for this stuff. People were not searching up this stuff because when it came to reaction videos, yeah, people are not going to constantly be looking for, you know, the small bands. They're going to want to start out with the big bands. That's the ones they know, the ones that they're connected to. So when he started doing the split like 50-50 between bands that people absolutely know, like if he was reacting like Electric Callboy, especially in like late 2021, early 2022, yeah, it's going to bring more people to the channel, more people to local bands smoke out. But he also kept doing half of the videos at the bare minimum of these local emerging bands and artists to make sure that the vision was kept there, but also to make sure that people could get into the emerging side of things as well. And the bands are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. So his adaptability has been fantastic on this in terms of maintaining the overall goal, maintaining the overall mindset, maintaining the overall core of what makes local bands smoke out great from the fun, the wackiness, you know, the wheel of pain, you know, even the whole smoke out aspect of it and maintaining the emerging band stats and the local band, local RSS to give them a platform to actually be able to get discovered and have help with that through local band smoke out, but evolving it so that he can continue to do this stuff and have the audience support it as well. It's the adaptability aspect that I'm really, really inspired by with BG 
And that's something I've, you know, I got to end up doing myself as well. I end up taking this in taking some of the advice when it came to the social media game, have to take that advice as well, which I've been focusing in on more, but got to do a better job of it. It's got to take responsibility for that stuff. If I want the podcast to be as good as, as possible, if you guys want your band or your artist or whatever you're working to be as good as possible, you got to put the work because you'll be able to tell which bands are working hard to put in the work and which bands aren't. You're able to tell which, you know, groups of people are putting the work, which groups of people aren't. And Having putting the work will give you that ability to go after what you want to go after and be able to adapt to it when you're able to. Again, like BG was able to at going from the Facebook streams to all of a sudden going to Twitch so they could actually fully do everything they needed to do. Working on doing some of the reaction videos for those bigger bands so that people could come into the channel, get into it, and also check out all the emerging bands that's at the core of what local band Smokeout is. On top of that, just all the fun that they have on there to bring people in to make it an immersive experience. And when I was thinking about it too, you know, when it comes to that, you know, what when it comes to just what they offer, think about it as a band as well. What do you offer that no one that better than anybody else does? I was watching local band smoke out, and it's a shit ton of fun. And you get to, you know, discover you get to discover new bands as well from all different walks of life. They're fantastic at it. And when it comes to the Twitch side of things, no one's really doing it better. So it makes sense. Essentially, you know, it's inspiring to see. So this one was a lot of fun and I'm really glad we got to watch it for the, uh, the adaptability aspect of adapting so that you can continue to grow that audience, but keeping the main goal and the core of what that passion about the project is at the center of it. When it comes to local band smoke out, go to the description of the podcast where it says find local band smoke out online. You'll find links for everything for their social media accounts where you can watch the reaction videos from BG on YouTube and where you can join their Twitch streams every single weekday starting at 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. Yep, I said it. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow along with the Core Progression Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can watch these videos and watch all the shorts as well. You can also listen on your favorite audio streaming platform, Spotify, Podcast, Area, Amazon, all those different places. Please also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, because we have all the different like small cuts of the episodes there. You can connect with us. We go live on Instagram every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central Time. Connect with us in all these different places. We have fun. We have a blast. And you can find out more about some of the great emerging bands coming up in the scene as well, like local band Smokeout, but this time in podcast form right here in the Core Progression Podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNX.com. Links for the podcast. Thank you, BG, Skull Vikings, and I'll get I'll get the first round when we have that beer sometime later this year. So on that note, that's going to be for me today. Thank you for watching listening to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah.